Welcome to Innovations of Health, a podcast that gives you the latest in healthcare trends and news. We'll be sharing advances in digital technology and breakthroughs in healthcare that eases people's way and provides a better healthcare future for all. Hello, and welcome to our broadcast. I'm your co-host, Beth Schenk, excuse me, Executive Director of Environmental Stewardship at Providence. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for information purposes only. For any medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or healthcare professional. So let's begin. Joining me as my co-host during this live event will be Ali Santori, Executive Vice President and Chief Advocacy Officer of Providence. And with us are Dr. Brian Cheesebro, who serves as the Medical Director of Environmental Stewardship for Providence in the Oregon region, and Jeff Glass, Senior Technical Program Manager of Energy and Sustainability for the Health System. So first, I want to turn to Allie. Allie, it has been one year this week, shockingly, since Dr. Rod Hockman, our president, announced our carbon negative goal to become carbon negative by 2030. Looking back at this extraordinary year, what are you most excited about and proud of? Thanks so much, Beth. I'm so happy to be here today as we gear up for a celebration of not only Earth Day, but, but Earth Month. Um, and the thing I'm most proud of is how significantly our shared commitment to environmental stewardship led to a, a market improvement in our environmental footprint over the course of what has been a very challenging year for our communities and our caregivers. So through our We Act to Become Carbon Negative framework, Providence not only saved money related to our environmental sustainability goals in the $8 million range, but we also uh, were able to emit 13,000 fewer metric tons of carbon, which is equivalent to taking 33 million miles off the road. And we also saved 5,000 trees in terms of sheets of paper saved. So the real demonstrated value of the power of our organization coming together, even remotely, it's a way that we can be together while not being together, this shared commitment. And I think that that's one of the things I'm most proud of. The second thing I'm really proud of as well is, um, you know, Providence has a long history of leading. Um, in fact, our corporate tax ID in Washington State is number two. We were one of the first incorporated uh, organizations in the state. The railroads beat us. But what that really serves to tell us is that we have been on the front lines serving our communities for over 175 years. What I'm most proud of with our environmental stewardship commitment is now not only are we leading nationally, but we're also taking on uh, more global leadership. So Providence is becoming engaged in the World Economic Forum, which has a very strong emphasis on the correlation between health and the health of our environment. We're also getting involved in the United Nations uh, Climate Conference, um, COP26. 20, uh, so it, I really just appreciate, I'm so proud of our, lead, our organization's leadership, not only within the United States, but really looking at this from a global perspective, because our commitment to our communities is not just in our own backyard, but it's across, it's across the globe. Yeah, it's really exciting, isn't it? And and as we heard earlier today, that we have a global footprint anyway, and we really have since the Sisters of St. Joseph in France and our own Sisters of Providence in Canada. So it's it's satisfying to see that work um, expand. But but back to the United States, let me ask you another question, because in this past year, not only did we have COVID, but we had the elections. And how do you see uh, the Biden administration's climate-friendly policies and recommitment to the Paris Climate Agreement impact our work? Yeah, that's a fabulous question. I'll caveat that by saying that Providence in our advocacy and our engagement with government, we are nonpartisan. So we have areas that align and, and areas of disagreement with both parties. 
One of our areas of strong alignment, just as you alluded to, is with the Biden administration on their commitment to climate change. So we see a significant opportunity to first roll back and, and reinstate many of the regulations. There were hundreds of regulations that were repealed that were related to protecting our environment over the previous four years. So the reinstatement of those environmental protections is, is something that is incredibly important in terms of our environmental stewardship commitment. Uh, what I also see happening in this administration, which is really exciting and something that we try to do within Providence, is that the commitment to climate is not just an initiative, but it's really being embedded um, as an ethos into the administration, just as we have worked to embed it as an ethos within our own organization. So an example of this is that every single member of President Biden's cabinet also has climate as responsibility and addressing climate change. So the education secretary, the uh, the commerce secretary, the health and human services secretary, um, and then obviously there's a special envoy uh, related to climate change as well and former secretary of state, John Kerry. So it's really woven and it's really demonstrated as a priority through all levels of the administration, just as we, as a, as a microcosm of that, have done that at Providence. So I think we have tremendous opportunity. I think there is a lot of attention being given to the correlation between health care and the health of our planet, that we can't have healthy people without a healthy planet. So we're really looking forward to engaging with the Biden administration on this priority. You know, uh, President Biden has just released his uh, infrastructure package, and there are several specific provisions related directly to healthcare and, and directly to the sustainability of our built environment um, as a hospital and infrastructure heavy system. Um, that there's real opportunity for us to engage and help influence that policy. Thank you so much. I love hearing hearing your wisdom about um, how this fits in with our national framework. Thank you, Ellie. Yes, and, and Beth, you know, we, when I talk about what our system has done, it would not be possible without every single person on this panel today, on our virtual panel, uh, yourself included. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, over the past year, you've mobilized our organization on a path to carbon negative, which is no small feat uh, given our size, um, not to mention with the pandemic going on. Can you tell us more about this journey for Providence to become carbon negative, what we've done over the last 10 years? I mean, the, well, what we're going to do, looking forward, what we've done over the last year, which feels like 10 years to many of us, right? Um, so how do you distill something so big into actionable steps across our system that not only need to be broken down and made tangible for people, but also have that done remotely? Great question. I'll tell you, I can't believe it's been a year already. I mean, it really, it was a year ago this week that we were on the same platform with Dr. Hockman and making this announcement. And I, I, I had all sorts of ideas at that point. And it's uh, very satisfying to see what is in place and also very daunting to know what it needs to be done because we are doing something, uh, nothing short of transformation. That is what we're, we're working at. And that's why we call our leadership team, the Environmental Stewardship Transformation Circle in Providence. So to do this transformation, we need to embed environmental stewardship into how we do our business, into our measures of success, into our policies, into our external voice like you lead, um, into our financial tracking, into our social norms. So it becomes normal behavior to, to think about the environment and what we do. And to do that, we need to reach as many caregivers as possible. Some people, for instance, may respond to the financial savings. And these are real, as you mentioned, almost $8 million in lower costs just in one year. 
Some respond to efficiency and quality improvement because it's frustrating to see the waste that we sometimes create, not just garbage, but wasted processes. Some respond to our Catholic heritage and the need to protect our common home, the earth. In healthcare, we all respond to the impacts of pollution and climate change on health. That's one of our big concerns. And in Providence, I'd say all of us are motivated by our core value of justice. We don't wanna be contributing to the inequities in how pollution and climate impacts the most vulnerable of us. So our prog program rolls forward on all of these fronts at once, which seems like a lot, and it is. We try to reach caregivers, we call our employees caregivers at all levels, from the system level to the regional levels, to individual hospitals and clinics, to departments and green teams. And we are deep in the weeds of operations. You'll hear more about that from our, our two guests today. Uh, we developed the WE ACT framework. This is an acronym for key drivers of pollution and climate change. The W is for waste, then energy and water, agriculture, food, chemicals, and transportation. We believe that these large buckets in our operations and supply chain cover about 90% of our greenhouse gas emissions. And importantly, the phrase we act reminds us that first, addressing our environmental crisis requires action. And second, that we do it together. I couldn't be prouder of our team, smart, committed, creative, and fun. We work well together and with others from across the health system as we inspire each other to find feasible and impactful solutions. Thanks for the question. Absolutely. And Beth, can you also talk about passion and building momentum for an effort of this type? What have you considered critical to accelerate our efforts across the system? Well, I mentioned that our team is smart and creative. That really helps. And also very passionate about this problem. You know, all the people who have sort of emerged to be leaders are, are, are you know, deeply feel this calling really to address the environmental crisis. Um, yet we can't depend on passion. What happens if the passionate people leave? How would Providence continue down this road? Instead, we need environmental stewardship to be a default setting, the way we do things. Like delivering compassionate care. I think about this sometimes because of my career as a nurse. We don't depend on the passion of a few to be compassionate. No, no, we, we drill that into our caregivers' as be expected behavior. Or infection prevention. We don't do that because a handful of caregivers care about it. It is a primary organizational commitment. And that's the way I see our carbon negative goal. It's a primary organizational commitment. That's why we work hard to reach many through events such as this, through our regular calls and meetings, our internal and external web pages, social media, the enormous amounts of data we track and report on, and our reminders about how this is linked to our mission and to justice. We are building it into policies, including our new environmental stewardship procurement policy, very exciting, probably formally announced later this week, um, and into expectations, including what we call the ISFP or the Integrated Strategic and Financial Plan, which holds leaders accountable for reaching metrics and goals. So it is about passion and it's about momentum, but it's also about putting those structural pieces into place so it will, it will last. Thank you. So in summary of, of this introduction, by leveraging We Act as a framework to organize our efforts and rally our caregivers, we have advanced across all these categories, these five We Act categories. And um, in honor of Earth Month and in the celebration of our first year of, of our announcement of our goal, we have a quick video to share with you uh, that summarizes some of the accomplishments this year.
That's pretty cool. It's good to see see the many things that have happened and are happening every day. So, so let me turn to our guests and uh, co-conspirators here, Jeff and Brian, to dig into some of our examples. So Jeff, will you start us off and tell us about the progress we're making around the W and the E, waste and then energy and water. Thanks, Beth. And I'd like to echo sentiment. Thank you for your leadership as our executive director. Uh, under the categories of, of waste and energy, uh, in conjunction with our carbon negative goal, we're committed to lessening the environmental impact on our communities by reducing, reusing, and recycling or composting our supplies such that we send no less than 50% of our waste to landfill or incineration. We send less than 50%. This is a national leading goal for us to aspire to by 2030. Another way that we're reducing our waste is by leveraging an internal organization within Providence called the Medical Supply Recovery Organization. It's a program that connects residual Providence supplies with other health organizations in need. And it's the only program of its kind operated by a health system in this country. This Earth Month, we're focused on expanding this program to more of our acute ministries. Also, under the, under the banner of waste, um, we have the aim of developing strategy to meet our waste management goals and have established a system-wide waste optimization team. Uh, under energy, the E in WE Act, uh, we're working on transitioning our electrical power to renewable, efficient, used energy, which is primarily going to be solar, hydroelectric, and wind. It's an important mitigation strategy for our carbon negative goal. In fact, we believe we can reduce carbon emissions due to electrical consumption, our electrical consumption, by 95% by 2030. Evidence of this is the recent announcement from Swedish of carbon neutral for natural gas and electrical utilities at our Issaquah, Washington campus, one of the few hospitals in the United States that can make that claim. Other examples of carbon reduction in building operations include our Alaska Medical Center, where we're modernizing large well pumping systems to provide air conditioning to the hospital campus at dramatically lower carbon emission rates. Uh, last year, we installed the largest solar electric system on a hospital in Washington state history in Centralia, Washington, and are planning a similar system up, up the road at St. Peter Hospital in Olympia, Washington. And then uh, additionally, um, Providence participates in a national think tank to identify strategies to decarbonize our building operations by reducing our reliance on fossil fuels for heating, sterilization, and cooking. We're also busy analyzing opportunities to conserve energy in our building. In fact, we have nine energy audits either completed or in progress since we announced this carbon negative goal and several more in the pipeline. These audits will help inform the development of a 10-year capital plan for deep energy retrofits and associated cost and carbon reduction. Finally, in Washington State last year, our legislature passed the Clean Buildings Law, the first state in the country to mandate energy efficiency in existing larger commercial buildings. Providence was, an, was a leader with an alliance of hospital systems to support this law and to advocate for achieving conservation targets to help meet our state's carbon reduction goals. Back to you, Beth. Thanks, Jeff. That's really great to hear about and a nice tie into our advocacy work, which, of course, is what what Allie leads. But I know personally that you did a lot of hard work on the weekends to make the numbers fit for that bill. And, and uh, I appreciate it. As I say, as an earthling, I really appreciate your work. So so, Brian, let me turn to you. And what would you tell us about the other three categories, agriculture, food, chemicals and transportation? Thanks, Beth. And Jeff, thanks for 
for sharing all of that. I just also want to um, say how honored and privileged I feel to be part of this team with such uh, fearless leadership with Beth and Allie. Um, well, A stands for agriculture and food, and a lot's happening there as well. Um, to improve access to healthy food, several Providence hospitals in Oregon and Montana have on-site gardens and or CSAs that supply fresh produce for patients, our caregivers, and local communities. The garden at Prov Milwaukee in, in Oregon donates tons of produce every year to a local teaching kitchen where our neighbors in need learn how to prepare healthy meals. Uh, Providence physicians in Montana are also encouraging a healthy diet through their prescription produce program, which emphasizes the impact that diet has on health and well-being. On the supply purchasing side of food, there are, there are widespread efforts to increase sustainable food offerings following the lead of Providence Regional Medical Center in Everett, where um, about 50% of their food supplied is local and sustainable. Uh, food waste is also an important issue. Globally, food waste accounts for about 6% of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, many sites in Providence are working to reduce food waste while preparing meals to help make sure that the food we serve feeds our people rather than a garbage can. Um, much of the food waste that we do generate is suitable for composting. And a lot of our states across California, Washington, Montana, and Oregon already are sending much of their food waste to compost, but we're always working to expand the, the food composting services across all our regions of Providence. So there's a lot of potential in agriculture and food. Um, moving into C, the chemicals. Um, year over year, we continue to make good progress with anesthesia-related emissions, which is you know, near and dear to my heart as an anesthesiologist. There have been huge widespread clinical practice shifts toward uh, lower carbon intensity anesthetics, as well as uh, clinicians fo focusing on their uh, efficient delivery of, of anesthesia. As a result, Providence hospitals across the system have decreased these associated greenhouse gas emissions by 66% over our 2017 baseline with progressive reductions coming each year. It also doesn't hurt that uh, the lower carbon anesthetic is also less expensive. So at the same time, uh, we're saving the system $1.8 million per year over our baseline in 2017. Uh, nitrous oxide is another potent greenhouse gas used in a variety of clinical settings, including anesthesia. Uh, by merging clinical data that we get from Epic uh, with purchasing data, we discovered that a tremendous amount of the nitrous that we purchase is lost to the atmosphere without ever being used clinically. So we developed a task force, including clinicians and facilities engineers, to develop a process of diagnosing and, and treating our systems to improve the efficient delivery of nitrous while also uh, always encouraging clinicians to use nitrous selectively, if at all. Uh, the use of laundry, Service also has a chemical and a carbon impact. In Portland, we conducted a life cycle assessment of our, our regional laundry co-op, and now we're able to provide our clinicians more environmental information to direct their use of linen. And we're hoping that they use this information to ask themselves, you know, as they go to the linen closet, do I really need those two extra blankets? Knowing in the back of their mind that, that grabbing the two extra would consume 
nearly five more gallons of water emit uh, one and a half more kilos of carbon and discharge unnecessary chemicals uh, into our local watersheds. Uh, and we're also interested in building or understanding and evaluating uh, the chemicals and carbon that, that are embedded in the supplies that we use and then using this information in our value analysis to integrate environmental costs into our decision-making with respect to supplies and the environment. On to T or tra for transportation. If there was any kind of silver lining associated with COVID pandemic, it's that transportation footprints are down across the board. In Providence, business our business travel makes up about 4% of our total system carbon footprint. Um, and during 2020, not surprisingly, these business travel emissions uh, dropped by 70%. And where our efforts begin in our program, um, they begin where COVID leaves off, right? So working to maintain this reduction in employee travel uh, by baking, baking in this new perspective on what constitutes essential business travel, as well as maximizing telework and telehealth uh, opportunities. On the other hand, com employee commuting also makes up 11% uh, of our total emissions and, and uh, as compared to last year, they're down uh, by about 5%. And moving forward, our work in this area uh, will be guided by a new system level team focused on data collection first and uh, commuter support. So the solutions are gonna have to vary by location, but across the system, uh, we'll, we're working to improve access to electrical, electric vehicle charging at our facilities, particularly in Washington and California, as both of these states um, recently adopted target legislation preventing the sale of gas-powered vehicles in Washington by 2030 and in California by 2035. Whew, that's, that seems like a lot. <laughs> and that's, um, that's just hitting the high points, really. So even still, you know, we have a long way to go in all of these WEAC categories, but um, we've come a long way. There's a long way to go and rest assured, we're not gonna stop pushing, so. Thanks so much, Brian, that's great. And again, just, you know, when you take a moment and think about this past year, um, it adds up all this work that we've been doing and that our regional liaisons have been doing, that all the green teams in the field have been doing, our leaders have been doing. Um, you know, I have to say, no wonder we're tired sometimes, huh? <laughs> but it's really great, um, great to see it. And um, it gives me energy actually for the next year and what we can do. So listen, we're gonna go to a few questions and um, Allie, do you wanna ask us a few questions? Uh-oh, mute. <laughs> Sorry, you would think a year in, we would have gotten the hang of this. Happens <laughs> all the time. For that. So Dr. Cheeseborough, you know, a strength of our program is both you and Beth are both clinicians and you're engaging many of your fellow clinicians in this work. How does your clinical background influence your thinking about advancing this effort? Well, you know, as clinicians, we really occupy a front line of healthcare. And clearly we know that our clinical practices and operations carry significant environmental consequences that we're responsible for. But on the flip side, we're also called upon to treat the health implications of climate change. So we are squarely in the middle of all of this. 
And as clinicians, we've taken an oath to do no harm. We're obligated to, to protect not only the individual patient that's right in front of us, but also the communities that are all around us, locally, regionally, globally, through supporting um, an adaptive resilience to climate risks, such as, such as extreme weather events, and in, in Oregon, specifically these climate megafires that we saw last fall. And I would say tapping into these ethical professional obligations is vital to, to furthering the work that we have in front of us. Yeah, such such strong points about that intersection between, again, the health of our people and the, and the health of our planet. So Jeff, becoming carbon negative is a giant undertaking. It, it's a lot easier to splash it up on a billboard and, and make that commitment. But then there are the actual machinations of having to march forward on that journey to carbon negativity in a highly complex and, and healthcare at times can be a very outdated you know, infrastructure system. Can you tell us about the priorities at Providence as far as balancing energy efficiency with renewable energy and, and then what role carbon offsets play in that as well? Yeah, sure, Ellie, thank you. Um, you know, the, the, a term that's used kind of uh, in jest in our industry is negawatts, which is a, a, a measure of electricity never used. And the, the most efficient watt is a negawatt, one that you don't use in the first place. Um, and that really sums up a lot of our efforts in energy conservation. It's really to try to figure out how to, how to be efficient in, um, in economizing on the energy that we use and allowing our facilities to be as, uh, as energy efficient as possible. So um, we're, we're actively engaged in energy conservation. We find that that is really a, a priority versus siting renewable energy on our buildings because um, because it's much more um, there's much more potential for carbon reduction in that, and there, it's a more financially beneficial proposition for us. Additionally, with renewable energy, we're excited about well, we're, we're excited about what we hear from President Biden with the clean energy energy work that he's he's proposing uh, by 2050. And uh, living in many of the communities that we do, we're, we're anticipating taking advantage of that in our states that are passing legislation to, um, to uh, have lower carbon emissions in the electrical grid. Um, I guess I'd finally just offer that um, all of this really depends on excellent data so that we can develop these goals and track our compliance to the, these goals. And that has been a big effort um, for, for this year. Uh, and I think a, 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 na a national leading in healthcare effort for this year. Absolutely. I mean, it's I, I couldn't be more proud that Providence has the boldest commitment in, in, in U.S. healthcare. Uh, and again, all of that is a testament to the three of your leadership and, and leadership across our organization. So, Beth, I will turn it over to you to, to wrap up or I didn't know if we had one more question. Well, let's just let's just see if we can get a little feedback from each of us about this this question that came in about sometimes climate change feeling a bit hopeless or overwhelming or people not knowing where to start. I wondered if we could each just give a comment about what inspires you or what keeps you going or how you reckon with that. Yeah. I'd like I, to go first. Go ahead, Ellie. I'll start because I'm sure that Dr. Cheeseburger and Jeff have uh, far more brilliant answers than, than I would and yourself as well, Beth. 
you know, I will say where, where this is, you know, we talk about in healthcare a lot of times that there's an N of one, right? And the individual patient experience is what makes up ultimately the entire healthcare system and the healthcare experience. Um, and I think in climate, that's true as well. Each of us um, are an N of one and we each should feel empowered and at the same time responsible for our actions and what each of us can do to contribute to, um, to addressing climate change. I, I'm also very inspired by the, the younger generation. I'll sound old and dating myself, but you know, our, my, I have two daughters and they are what they're learning in school and, and what is just being incorporated into the culture that they're growing up in is this commitment to climate change. And so we get I get yelled at in my house if our shower's on too long or if we're you know running the, uh, the washing machine half full. This is the first time I've seen a nine year old stop the washing machine and add more clothes so we can be more efficient with water. <laughs> so so I am. I'm buoyed by the power that each of us have individually and also the next generation and how they're going to be able to harness that collective power. Thanks, Allie. That's awesome. Who'd like to go next? I'll, I'll go next. Um, for, for me, I think ultimately that motivation comes from the responsibility that I feel to following generations. Um, I, I have a grandson who lives in Ashland, Oregon, and his home is about uh, two miles from where the, the wildfire started in southeastern Oregon, it was so devastating to to so many uh, communities, and um, and those communities that are, were some of the most vulnerable uh, locations. And um, and once again, that just sort of shocked me that um, I need to redouble my efforts personally. And I'm so happy to be working for an organization that's made such a a bold com uh, commitment and be able to take my talents and experience uh, and bring that to bear. So for me, it's simply a uh, responsibility to future generations. Thanks, Jeff. Brian. No, I mean, I, I, I think this question is, is it's so relevant to me personally. Um, several years ago, I, I really went through this period of, of eco grief or eco anxiety. And I, um, I had to kind of stop myself for a bit and, and look or take a careful look around um, my own life to see where my greatest area of opportunity was with respect to stewardship and sustainability. And that's really how my, my attention got focused back into healthcare. You know, looking at, at the way my, my home is run or how I go through my daily life, it became very clear very quickly that my greatest area of opportunity um, could, be, could be expressed through uh, my work at Providence as a as a physician, and when once you start working there and you start seeing other individuals kind of coming with you, we all, you know, as any one individual, it's it's hard to see the bigger picture and see where your impact can go. And I think that's part of what our job is as a group is to to you know gather up all the data and and all the behavior change and and sum up the, the impact of all these individual actions. And once you see, if we all move in the same direction together, the, the result and the impacts are really, really big. And so that seeing that play out over and over again, if after, after project and project and project, that inspires me and, and gives me hope that, Allie, your daughter filling up the washing machine, if, if all of our children do that, then we'll save millions and millions and millions of gallons of water. So 
uh, encouraging that kind of um, think global, act local mentality as, as um, dated as that may be, it's true. And we're seeing that over and over again in the work here. Thank you all. It's so, so great and heartening to hear. And it's and it feeds into my inspiration, really, which is working with with others in this regard. I've been obsessed with our environmental crisis for a long time, decades now. And I, I sometimes say, now, why? Why do I care that much about it? Why? You know, not everybody does necessarily. There's lots of other things to work on in the world. There's but but it's kind of like, well, once I've realized, you know, as you've said, how important, how how big this issue is, I really can't not work on it. So I'm grateful, as you all have said, grateful to be able to work on it in a in an organization that's committed in a place where we can work at scale and and really see what our impacts might be when we work together. So for me, a lot of it is about action. So the we act makes good sense to me. I feel better when I'm acting. I feel more anxious if I'm not, if I feel like I'm not contributing. And then really the other part is the we, like I said, it's really good. It's good for my spirit and soul to work with others who care about this, to work with smart people where I get, you know, we, we learn so much from each other. We see the people in Providence who respond to this well. And I just feel like, you know, I, I, I'm really in the right place for me personally. And I think with all of you and with all of Providence, we're in the right place at the right time in the world. I feel really good about it. So, wow, thank you all so much. We ran a little bit over today, but it is such a pleasure to um, talk about this with you. And, you know, just congratulations on our first year toward this goal. Now, lots of work has happened prior to this, but since we sort of drew this line in the sand, we've we've got a year under our belts. And just congratulations to everybody. Thank you for joining us today on Innovations of Health from Providence. We look forward to continuing this important discussion on the latest in healthcare trends and news in our future episodes. Make sure to listen to future podcasts on Dash Radio under Future of Health Radio or your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and Instagram. You can find us under Providence Health Systems. To learn more about our mission programs and services, visit Providence.org. Thanks for listening.